Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we talked a lot about thinking. What is the purpose of life? Are you happy? Are you thinking intuitively or analytically? And what's the difference? While these may be challenging to fully comprehend, we did our best to share our personal theories on the subjects, so I hope it gets the gears in your mind turning. As always, if you like the show, please show us some love by taking a few seconds to rate us on your listening platform of choice, and enjoy. You do everything for a reason, right? For a purpose. If you have a reason or a purpose behind everything, you'll actually like do it. How you do one thing is how you do everything. But here's the thing like with partying is that there's an inherent risk to it that I don't think a lot of people are considering when they go out and do it. You shouldn't really try to assign a good or a bad to things. And just everything that happens, you're like question it and just continue on without like trying to tie some kind of belief or some kind of emotion to it. Just like the fact that like how fragile life actually is. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Prime 5 Podcast. <laughs> how is everyone doing? That was an amazing introduction. Thank you. Thank you. That was nice. Have you been have you been practicing in the mirror or something? What's going on? Every every morning for two hours in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how earlier he was saying he needs a purpose to wake up in the morning? He's found one. <laughs> 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 Daniel, how was your week? It's not bad. I feel like it's I always nice. ask you first because you're always top left of my screen. So yeah, it's because you're always yeah. top left of me too. Because yeah. it's because I start the Zoom, so I get yeah. the mm-hmm. I get the top slot, and then when you read a book, you go top left to right. So I feel like exactly. that's just that must be why. That's what I'm going with. I don't know. You know, okay. Before we start, I actually wanted to talk to you guys about something that um, that you just brought up, Max. Like I, I listened to the episode last week of the weekly call, how they were talking about like. The how was your week? Yeah, and it honestly really got me thinking about that. Like, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on? Well, did you guys all listen to it? First off, I did. Yes, yeah. Well, their argument was like, there's not enough, I guess, change happening in their life right now. So like, how was your week? Like that question, when it's phrased like that, for their types of conversations, there's not as much that like can come off of that. It's just them talking about shit that's happening. Whereas with us, I feel like every single time we have like, <clears throat> sorry, hey, how's your week? Like it takes us down some kind of rabbit hole. Like mm-hmm. last time we talked about freaking electricity, then time before we, Daniel was talking about like semen. Like it, it, it wasn't me. <laughs> I was part of it. But he, it was you guys. <laughs> Don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> that was a sweet episode, by the way. I listened to that. That was, I really enjoyed listening to that one, guys. Not going to lie. That was fun. Just absolutely roasting Zach as well. <laughs> yeah. That was that was tough. Man, that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, give me a lot but no i don't know like i thought... I see no i see no issue with it i mean yeah. that's why that's why we were doing this is to talk about our weeks and see what we kind of yeah. learned learned along the way and mm-hmm. how, how did it go and that kind of stuff that was that was a whole point of of this so I think, yeah i was just thinking about yeah. it i just wanted to bring it up before we dove into it because i just get into it yeah yeah, yeah I, I, know, I, I agree i think we don't it's like we don't even normally always go into like the specifics of the week i find we just like talk about some sort of topic that we pick up from someone mm-hmm. and go off so well i, I think it would be entertaining cool to, like, and fun still i think it would be cool to kind of like maybe you know i i like like shift to to something different like you know what was like the one thing like one lesson that you took away from this week or 
like your highlight of the week like like kind of uh like we could didn't we i try? don't know I, well, I feel like i'd have to be more prepared for that like i'd have to like yeah. you know i just I mean? feel like i feel like because i remember when we, we first started having this conversation and like we had that fucking spreadsheet where we all put like our <laughs> oh my our god whatever's in and then That's the what whole call <laughs> yeah but the whole call would mm-hmm. be us each taking 20 minutes explaining what happened during our week and then we wouldn't even really get to talk about anything because it'd be just like mm-hmm. us telling each other what happened and i'm not saying that happens now it, like it doesn't but i, I think know, it, it used just... to be like that and we stopped doing it for that reason i feel like now and i think i like it because like i come to the call i don't feel any pressure like i just feel like i'm showing up to talk to my the boys like yeah just yeah talking like yeah, and I'm not saying like what we're doing now is bad. Like I, I just wanted to, just to hear what you guys now. thought of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, like, like when we did the stats, we also like there for a brief sections, right, Daniel? There was a section where like we put like biggest struggle or like biggest takeaway from the week or stuff like that. And yeah, like it, it kind of felt just robotic and automated, and like it wasn't really a naturally flowing conversation. Whereas like with the, with the ones we've been doing like ever since then, since we switched it, like we still get into our weeks and we still get away, get into like a lot of takeaways. And like, personally speaking for myself, like I still uh, come out of the conversations, like learning new things and like uh, yeah. expanding on new ideas. So like, yeah, for me, I, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. No, I, I'm not opposed to it. I just, uh, it really, it, like it did, it did kind of get me thinking though when I was listening to it and I just, I was trying to think that if, um, so obviously, you know, the conversations that we have versus the ones that they have are very different. We're totally different people. So I just, yeah, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. But no, I, I agree. I think that's good. Yeah. So like I was saying, Daniel, <laughs> can you tell us how many hours of cold calling you did, uh, how many estimates you did, and just... <laughs> you want some play-by-play, please? Uh... <laughs> how was your week, Daniel? Any any fun occurrences? Anything fun happen? <sighs> Fuck, I don't even know what the hell I did this week. You ever have those like mind blanks where it's like somebody will ask you something and it's like you should know, but I just like nothing. It's just like, empty. Up my schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's like I have to I have to kind of look at stuff. Um nothing crazy. I did uh just training a lot. Oh yeah. I ran so hard that my toes started bleeding. So that oh, was sure interesting. Me. Yeah, that was fucking weird. That's never happened. Got my teeth clean, so yeah. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, next week. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I love teeth cleaning. It always feels good. I have to get crowns on my teeth. I'm not looking forward to, but that's oh, yeah. okay. It is what it is. And other than that, I got my um book on the go. I've been reading the shit out of this. I'm actually really enjoying it. It helps if I hold it the right way. There we go. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, I, I ordered a few more other books. I got a book on negotiation because I thought that would be kind of cool. I got what is it um, called? Shit, hold on. It is, I don't want to butcher it because I, I know I'll get it wrong if I don't look. So it is. Mm, sorry for the pause, humans. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it is called Never Split the Difference. That's a great book. Good negotiating yeah. book. Very good. We read it in book club. Yeah. I'd recommend so. everyone read that book. Yeah. I got that one. And then I ordered uh, All Marketers Are Liars uh, by Seth Godin. Uh, so I'm interested in that. And then Make Your Bed, which is, uh, have you guys ever heard the Make Your Bed speech? By the yep. Navy SEAL? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's the book that he wrote. So uh, super interested in that. And then I got a book on speaking because I want to get better at like public speaking. It's called The Successful Speaker. So Nice, man. 
That's yeah. awesome. So I'm, I'm diving into some new realms and I'm very fucking pumped about it. A lot of so, self-development books, hey? Yeah, well, I'm trying to grow other skill sets because I got bored of like business and money. I feel like I'm good at that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've trained that for the last like two, three years and I've gotten really good at that. I can hustle. I get my fucking shit done. <coughs> I can do my sales process pretty good. Like, I feel good about business. So I'm just like, I want to steer in some other directions and get good at other areas of my life where I don't feel as... What's the word competent. I'm looking for? Thank you. Competent. Competent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of the thing. And and then also reading stuff that I enjoy, like this book Unthinkable has been I'm actually really enjoying it. I've dog eared a lot of stuff in here. It's fascinating. Fascinating. So that's cool. I I I think that kind of ties what you were saying like a couple weeks ago, right? Like you just wanted to read some different shit. I've been mm-hmm. reading the same stuff over again. So Yeah. So now that's when cool. I'm looking at books, I'm looking at them for totally different reasons. I'm like, cool, what's a new new skill set? What's something I don't feel I'm good at? Or who might I be able to learn from? Um, so oh, you know um, what you should read. I don't know if you wait. Did we did we re- all read the art of learning together? Did we read that, or was that in, yeah? Was that us? Just us, Brady. That was us. No, like was that the five of us, or was that like in our little book club? That was book club. Okay, well, I'm gonna go get this book to show you, Daniel. You guys still do book. that? No, it's done now. How did it end? <clears throat> um, it ended by uh, I think me and one other person were only showing up, and that was it. And then uh, no one else showed up for like K round news anymore. Huh. So was it like schedules. was it like a weekly thing that you guys would? Yeah, once a week. Huh. We did we did it for like a year. We did it for a while. Interesting. But... And then after yeah, then everything. This one by Bo- Josh Watskin. Yeah, really okay. good. Player. He's uh he's like a child prodigy chess player, mm-hmm. and it just talks about his kind of like his. No, just as this is a good way to describe it, an inner journey to optimal performance. That's kind of just bang on. Hmm. I wonder if it's. Got... I wonder if it's similar to Limitless. Is it similar to Limitless, Brady? I think you've read both. Um, honestly, yeah, very similar. Basically, the premise of it is when you learn something, your goal should be to learn it to like master that craft and then mm-hmm. like learn it for the long term, right? Like for example, just student works like. Uh, you know how they always say don't do students for one year, do it for like two to four or something like that to like get the most out of it. It's kind of what it's the same thing. Like like when you do something, like don't just do it once. Like let's say when you go to the gym, don't just go to the gym to get a six pack and then just stop going to the gym after that. Like you should just continue going to the gym and make it a habit for like a lifetime habit, right? Not that uh just get bench two plates and then stop going for the rest of your life again. Like keep doing mm-hmm. it consistently. Yeah. Oh, that's my yeah. goal, man. Two plates and I'm out. like my life i'm happy (laughs) no that makes a lot of sense i i would agree with that i think there's there's an art to that in getting somewhat good at something i just don't i don't know if it vibes with me i like to get like really good at it i don't want to get perfect but i want to get pretty fucking good and then i'm like okay cool and then i move on to the next thing so you gotta get to a stage where you're unconsciously competent yes that's yeah that's correct. the goal of it that's exactly yeah. what it's about yeah yeah and, and you're right daniel um perfect actually doesn't exist everyone's perception of perfect is different so there's no such thing as perfect like you said just get good enough at it and like add on to what max is that you should see so you're subconsciously good at it and that's just kind of natural to you right yeah 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 my goal is always like to have like a consistent hit rate where it's like i'm just like i can just do it on command almost consistently enough like you're not going to get it perfect like nine times out of ten yeah that's good that's yeah. good Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd like that book done. Cool. Yeah, you'd love that book actually. Yeah. That's, I'm putting it on on my list. Art of learning. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. 
do you guys ever find that like you go through your bookshelf and you you look at a book that you've read and like you really look at it and you're like hmm what did i like what did i honestly read in that book I, like you can't really even remember anything from the books that you read depends on the book mm-hmm. i'd say there's yeah yeah there's some where like it it's usually for me like self-development where it's like oh man i don't even know how to describe it like for example uh tools of titans for me was one of those books where <clears throat> there's a lot of a lot of things there that i highlighted or uh, bookmarked and you know be, just while I was reading, I was like, man, this is some good stuff. But like, if I think back, I cannot remember like 99% of the things I read in that book. Whereas something like, uh, how to, how to win friends and influence people. Like every time I look back at that book, I'm like, oh, I remember this concept, this concept and this concept from there. So it's like, I think it depends on the, maybe the complexity of the, the things talked about, or maybe just like how much yeah, I can like apply interests them. and yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's what it is actually is how much I can actually directly apply those concepts into my life at that time. Like if I read the book, I like the the quote, like look for just in time, not just in case information. If I read a book and it's just in time info where like I can directly apply it into my life at that time, I actually remember it because I'm actually using it. Mm. Oh, it's actually a really good analogy. Yeah, I don't know if I remember every book, but that's why I dog ear and I highlight my books and I just don't I don't give a fuck. They're for me. So but like I'll like if mm-hmm. I can't remember and I think it was good and I want to like review it, I'll just open up the book and I can flip through and like there'll be five, ten, twenty, thirty, forty pages that are dog eared and I could just quickly look and see what I would, you know, thought was very interesting, read those highlighted points, kind of re-understand the book, and then put it back. Well, it ties to something that I heard John say once that like even though you can't remember all the specific things that you've read over like when you're you know looking back on your bookshelf or whatever but it all kind of connects like the the lattice work of your your knowledge like do you do you remember him saying that Brady he I think it was in our book club actually he made an analogy about how someone has a I don't I oh, fuck I can't remember it now I'm just going to google this hold on you're going to google what John said yeah no. i was just thinking that. i was like he, what how no he referenced <laughs> you'd be surprised with what uh, you can find in google <laughs> wait what are you trying to say zach charlie's or charles munger's lattice work uh mental model so it just talks about how like everything that you learn kind of like just builds off of each other and it it all interconnects like like lattice yeah. like even yeah, though you're not interconnects, yeah even though you're not like remembering it each individual detail like it it might build off something else or like help connect to a, a different idea or you know like you like you'll draw from it at some point but you might not just have it at the forefront of your mind yeah exactly no, that's right that was a long-winded way of saying that yeah i would agree with that like theoretically if you read every book they would all be connected and like not they like not all of them would be connected but like each of them would connect to another book mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you like i don't know like i have these experiences sometimes where something just triggers a memory from so long ago that i didn't even know that i had and then all of a sudden that memory gets triggered and it's like so incredibly vivid you're like i didn't even know that i knew that yeah mm-hmm. um i'm just going to give an example to further explain zach's lattice mental model so you can understand <laughs> it let's say you pick up a book on real estate 
you read a book on real estate and like it maybe has a section on how to acquire real estate. Oh, you need to get a loan from the bank. Okay, cool. So now you you want to read a book on how to get a loan from the bank. So you read a book on loans and like, oh, loans, so banks provide loans. Okay. Now you're gonna read a book on banks on, on how banks are made. And then you go through banks and like, oh, the the um, the economy, like the uh the federal reserve system, how does that work? And then you just find your way down the spiral, and then all the books are connected because they started all the way back at how to buy real estate. And then you just learned about the entire economy system. Yeah, primarily. And then that's all that the, knowledge path, yeah. in your mind is, yeah, it's all exactly, yeah, somewhat okay. intertwined. Mm -hmm. yeah. I find I remember stories and books very well. Mm. Like if oh, there's yeah, a, a really good story about somebody in in the book, and I like remember that because mm. I don't know some some of the little tiny pieces kind of fall away, but like I remember the general premise of like this person did this and this happened and it was cool because of this. I think it's because you can actually envision it. You can like see it happening. Like when you're reading about, you know, these concepts, it's a little bit harder to make it like paint a picture of it. But when people are telling stories, you're like kind of playing it in your mind as, as how you would, you would view it. Mm -hmm. yeah, you can kind of relate sense. to it better that way. And it ties a bit of an emotion to it as well. Yeah. Like, like even reading, like I'm reading, I'm still reading shoe dog. I'm like pretty much finished it, but um, I like every time I'm reading it, I kind of have like a, little vision of what like Phil Knight's house looks like or what his, you know, what the Nike headquarters looks like or mm -hmm. like all these different areas. And then when I get to that part of the story, I'm like kind of envisioning him like walking in and sitting down in this little boardroom. And like, it definitely makes it a lot easier to remember the story that way. Yeah. I think especially if you also can in some way or another, like relate to the character that helps remember it as well. Yeah, I don't know how much I can relate to Phil Knight, but <laughs> not, not Phil Knight. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can relate to hustling. You can relate to taking yeah, on right. risks. So, no, I was just joking. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So Zach, how's it been with Rochelle being gone? Is it is it getting a little easier now? It is. Yeah, yeah. She just left again at like five thirty, and it was definitely it's still shitty, but it was definitely easier this week. Cause now, yeah, now she's got, she's got four more weeks left. So she's two down. So she's like one third done, I guess. Just Xing off the days, like in your J cell, jail cell. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it, it's good. She's yeah. It's um, I, I honestly had a pretty good week kind of by myself last week. So nice. It was um, yeah. I, I was very happy to have her home, but I kind of took what you guys said last week of just you know, kind of try to enjoy the time with myself and just do things, some things that I would enjoy. And yeah, it, it was a good time. Sweet. What did you end up doing? What did you enjoy? <laughs> some details here, man. <laughs> what happens? Right, so, uh, <laughs> In other words, Zach, how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up. What are you I learning honestly... from having separation? Like what's been the biggest like takeaway so far? Um, I'm I feel like I'm kind of focused in in different ways. So like for example, I, I feel like I'm not quite as as disciplined on a lot of the the habits that I feel like Rochelle kind of gives me these subtle reminders of because she's so diligent on them. But by seeing her do them, it kind of just puts that thought into my mind to do them. Like for example, like uh just like the nighttime, you know, hygiene routine. Um getting out of bed because she's always gets up on her like first alarm and like, you know, just 
things like drinking enough water and you know, like, like those types of things because she's always doing them. So I'm seeing that when she's here, but when she's not here, it's, I don't have those as much constant reminders, but I found that I'm, I'm focusing a lot more on, on my business and my school just because I don't have um, that extra person here that I'm, I'm wanting to spend that time with. So I'm having that extra time that I'm, I'm able to feel a lot better about putting it towards the business and school. So like this week I ended up doing nine interviews and nine quotes That's which deadly. Sweet, like man. way more than i've done for any other previous week so it yeah it, it was it's, it's been pretty good i and i watched a lot more hockey than i typically would so that was good <laughs> do you think when she's back that you you might want to try to like maybe like reset kind of what your guys's day-to-day lives look like a little bit just based off of maybe you that's maybe truly to ask even right now um i'm not super worried about that because when she is going to be back, I'll be finished with school. So I won't have any more school left. So True. that'll so be like a that very large time commitment off my plate. So I think I think everything should kind of be... Uh... It's actually kind of perfect timing in a sense then. It actually just allows you to like hammer out. Because this is your last semester ever of school, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it, if she it's, was going to pick a time to do this, this is this like, is like literally, literally the, the best time. time ever she could have gone for. Yeah. Yeah. So it all works out. It's actually pretty exciting then. Shit. Nice. Okay. And I hired a cold caller because I was and I was super excited about it, and then he mm-hmm. quit, and then I hired another girl, and then she quit. So I'm still in the same place that it was. <laughs> That's and lame. They both they both quit for like very, um, un, like anomaly reasons. Like the one guy has, don't they always hey like <laughs> had a crazy family issue, <laughs> and then the other person she like had to drop out of school. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, just tell me you don't like the job. It's okay. Like, <laughs> oh, I was, I was honestly thinking that I'm like, man, like, am I really that bad of an interviewer that these people are just making up bullshit reasons to quit on me? <laughs> like, Have you had that before in like previous years? Where, like they're just like out of pocket, like, like literally like, I've, no, this, I've never had anyone like quit like that before. This oh, is okay. First... Okay. Fine. And so, yeah, that's yeah. Hilarious. Oh my the, the the small towns are a little bit different. You people don't typically do that because, like, you know, the word kind of spreads. But when you're a smaller or a bigger city, well, I call Lethbridge a bigger city, but it's it's just a lot more common, I suppose. That's so, fair. Yeah, quite like Cork, and Zach was like, "Yeah, the town's gonna hear about this one, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> he was blackmailed him all. Yeah, put you on, on the white court rant and rave. Yeah. yeah. Skyler, how was your week? I I hear you had some interesting interesting events happen yeah these bastards surprised me oh my gosh it was hilarious so yeah i don't think uh great yeah so what happened is basically uh so it was my birthday on the 6th of march just recently uh, i was gone for it but uh my uh my grandparents really wanted to like we've been planning for like a few weeks now they wanted to like take me out for for like out to a nice restaurant like the restaurant like we go to the river creek casino you know have, like a really good like buffet and on uh Friday nights you can go for like all you can eat crab and everything and it's so freaking good um it's been like the go-to spot we always go to so I get back on my trip and then I like talking to them I'm finally back and they're like yeah actually we're we're not gonna go out we decided we just want to like kind of like just do something a little easier and we're just gonna have you come over for like pizza and come hang out and like well well like Sam could come over and like your brother Damien could come over too and like it'll be it'll be fun and I was like okay cool like what time do you want me over and they're like, yeah, come over at like 5.30 and we'll lead at 
I'm like, okay, that's weird. I'm like, they always like, they never eat at five 30. It's like seven to seven 30 at the, at like the earliest that they'll have dinner. So I'm like, this is weird, but whatever. Okay. It's like all good. And normally like Friday night is like my grandparents, they like to do like a little, like little grandpa, grandparent date night. They'll go like gamble or do something fun together or whatever, go do their own little thing. So whatever is all good. So Sam came, picked me up from my house. We went over, had pizza and everyone was just like on edge. Like my grandpa, my, my grandma kept checking her phone and being weird. And they were like, like trying to rush me. It felt like, like to eat food, to drink and like do my thing. And I was like, okay, like whatever, I'll just go off the floor. Everyone's being super weird, but whatever. And then it was like pretty well seven o'clock on the dime. And my grandma like picks up her phone and she's like, oh my gosh. Um, like my, my auntie or whatever. She's like, her car battery just died. Like we have to go and like boost her car. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. My like, what do you mean you gotta go boost your car? Like, whatever. Okay, fine. Like, fair enough. I'm like, so, whatever. So we we go, we pack up, and Sam drives me back here, and Damien meets us back here as well. And um, we're walking up, and I look in my window, and there's like, like stick on little like St. Patrick's Day like little leprechauns stuck to the window, and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, uh, like like my roommate Sam, she must be back, and maybe she like decorated or something. I didn't even like put two and two together. Or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, she's back. Sweet. And uh, cause I mean, she's gone on the weekends to Calgary for like quotes and stuff and uh, walk in the door and these bastards throw me a surprise birthday party. It was awesome. So Max is there, Jackson, Andrew, um, Jacob's there, Connor, Lauren, like, um, and it was sweet. Like it was in my brother and everything. But, and then they had like balloons everywhere. They had like deck, like decorated the whole house. It was so cute. And, uh, and then they like got me a party bus too. So we took a party bus around the city for like, way too long in my opinion way 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 too long because we had uh way too much to drink on the bus and we're like not, not ready for it once we got to the club <laughs> but it was so fun though so we went around the bus it was just a blast and then we got downtown and went dancing for a little bit hung out and came back here it was it was sweet yeah it was a good time took a limo back <laughs> oh yeah and then the limo back that was so random too oh my gosh yeah it was it was just hilarious great night so fun i almost fucking spoiled it for you I heard, I heard about that. Yeah. Cause I couldn't come and yeah. I was like, cause I just had so many quotes. I was like, I need to work. And like, I, I, I felt really bad, but I just couldn't do it. But I, um, I almost called you and I was going to be like, Hey man, sorry, I can't make it up to your surprise birthday party. I, I, I feel terrible, but I just can't do it. And then I was literally about to call you and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I was like, this is literally a surprise. So I, yeah, I almost totally uh, derailed the entire thing there. And then, so yeah, then lo and behold, so Sam just basically got like called my grandparents while I was in Mexico and like set it up with them and like plotted this, this lie to come over for dinner just to set me up for that. It was so hilarious. And then she had this little group chat going as well. And they called it, she called it like work group chat to hide it from me. So I wouldn't see it pop on her phone or something like that. So yeah, it was awesome. I've never had someone throw a surprise party for me. So that was a lot of fun. So that was great. Were you surprised? Yeah, I actually was. I literally had no idea. Like, I walked in. I was like, it took me like 30 minutes just to like realize what was happening. I was just like, I don't know if you noticed, but like, as soon, like basically right before you opened the door, we had a discussion on like, wait, are we going to yell surprise or are we going to yell happy birthday? And then you opened the door so we couldn't continue the discussion. So like half of us yelled surprise and the other half yelled happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, that was epic. Yeah, you guys did good. That was, that was really fun. Yeah. I think I'm done with alcohol for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sneaks in every so often. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like 
that night I definitely had quite a bit, but like even nights where I don't have quite a bit, and it's just like a couple casual drinks with some friends here and there. Like the next day I like, I noticeably feel worse. And like every time I do it, I'm like, I don't know if this is actually worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next day was pretty chill for me. We just, uh, well, actually I had to go do a quote with one of my rookies that actually went really good. We booked like a nice big interior job together. And then I went and booked a job in my own business and then hung out. And then they had like a staff ride night at, at where I work at rabbit. So me, Sam and Damien, we went and rode around at rabbit for a couple hours, which was pretty fun. And then today I had a full day of quotes with my other rookie and booked like 6,500 bucks, which is so sweet. So he's climbing up there and he was pretty stoked about that. So that was pretty sweet. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. How many jobs is that? Uh, it was two. We went two for five. So what three went pending today. Yeah. Dude, that's solid. Yeah. No, it was fun. A lot of different personalities. It's, it's really interesting. It was weird kind of though, like going and doing quotes and not doing it for myself. It felt it felt, it was like fun. And like, I got a lot of like, it was just really cool to like do it for somebody else and like show them how to do it and like be there and teach someone from the ground up like that. But it was just, it felt weird. Like I'd go and like present like the first couple, like show them how to do it. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, this is so weird. I'm like, we collect payment. I'm like, I'm collecting payment for someone else right now. This feels so backwards. It was, it was a, it was a weird feeling, honestly, but it was, it was cool. Yeah. That's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm almost feel like you're betraying yourself <laughs> there's like that small dark thought that'll creep in your head like oh i could just this is gonna be for me but no obviously it's because <laughs> our fun little brains work but no it was so cool he was so fired up and he's just like because he's been working really hard to to get things going our, our first day of quotes that we had scheduled originally didn't go the way we wanted it to so we didn't end up doing any quotes this was like technically actually our first day of estimates today together so it was cool just to see him actually finally like see some results after everything he's been doing Fuck yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And Daniel, I heard uh, Brett gave you a call. How did that yeah. go? Well, he he just texted me. Oh, he just um, texted you. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we just say kinda... the fuck into my turf. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody puts Daniel in the corner. No, um, <laughs> he just texted me and kind of was like, "Hey, like, where have you been? Where where are you going next?" And I was just sent a picture of, like where I've gone, and he was kind of telling me where he's going. So we're just gonna kind of like work around each other a little bit. Um, well, yeah. yeah, just to to free up the space because like there was definitely a neighborhood that I hit that like it had gotten hit by three different student painting companies before I got there. So literally everyone was just opening the door like, "Oh my fucking god, we get it, you're painting, like go away." And so it was, yeah, it was very interesting. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because he over the weekend he went cold calling and he normally always gets leads when he goes, but he got snubbed and he. Uh, around like the last couple houses in a session he finally someone told him that like pro works had recently come through and then he called me he was all upset and like oh like what the hell like and i'm like dude like i told you to like text him to like figure out like so you guys don't overlap like you guys just like figure out like opposing areas and you both can win from it mm -hmm. so happy he did that yeah that makes sense yeah. i've never thought about like overlapping with people that way not something that i I've really had to be concerned about in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it could be beneficial. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. I'm just at this point, I don't even fucking care anymore. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hammer down. Like <laughs> I don't know what else to do. It just sucks like just having the two of us going out and not having a team. Cause it's very weird. This is the first year out of the two that I've ran a business that I've had issues hiring. I've never had this problem before. 
So it's new new territory for me, and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it. And you've always been like top person and get out there and, and get that figured out. So. Oh, I've like you, always you the jazz had, HR fucking yeah, inductee. <laughs> I've always had employees until ProWorks, and for some reason, it just is a different beast in that department, and I'm not sure why. Um, so yeah, it's kind of the other thing too is I had a lot of <laughs> a lot of marketers last year because they were painting for me in the summer and there were students so they were looking for part-time work so it was like hey you're going to be a painter but while you're in school come and market for me and I had like four or five marketers from that alone versus just trying to hire specifically for marketers especially not being able to get on Indeed it's just been a fucking grind are you not going to have like because I'm assuming you'll still have a, a good majority at least in your first year of employees be just seasonal right no you don't think that you'll have like, I don't know, even like 50% that are only there for the summer? No. Hmm. It's not my plan. What's I'm your plan? Liter- I'm literally just looking for full-time year-round staff right now. That's all I want. Eventually, I think having some seasonality makes sense, but like I'm not looking to replace staff over and over and over again. Like I'm looking to just bring people on right now that want to stick it out, that want to be here and want to grow this thing with me and keep them. Fair enough. Yeah. How's um has LinkedIn worked for you at all? I got one applicant that I have to screen and uh and run through the process. So that one is better than none. Um so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think in the last like two three weeks i've gotten two applicants for the door-to-door position so but like the what like i get a lot of weird ones from like especially with jazz hr i get a lot of like out of country applicants that are applying but they don't live here and they're you know they're like hey i'll move there if you hire me and i'm like i'm not gonna hire you for a part-time marketing position (laughs) like that's fucking ridiculous (laughs) like let's be real here um so yeah so yeah, it's just different. It's different. It's funny because I, I feel like every year I get a new challenge that I have to deal with. Like it's slightly different than I have in the past. And because of it, I become better at running a business. Like it just, it rounds me out a little bit. And so I think this year recruiting is because I've been so blessed with it the last couple of years. It's like fate's like, all right, we got to test this motherfucker. And so we'll see what happens, but. It is cool to see, though, on like what you're saying earlier in the group chat about like just booking job wise, just how like what you're saying, how like it's a little easier to attract. Is that how you kind of were saying it? Just it it's not necessarily easier, it. easier, but like people are like I've I've I rarely get the the price objection that never happens. And when it does, it's just like, hey, this is too much. Like, we just can't afford it. And I'm like, cool, no problem. Like, it's never like somebody's like, this seems like it's too much for you which I got a lot as a student painter. Like it was just like, Oh, yeah. how can, how can you guys charge that much? Like you guys are students. Right. And so like, I think we've all heard that objection, but like as a pro works franchise, I've literally not had that happen to me once. And so booking like full exteriors, full interiors, like really big jobs has just gotten a lot easier. Like they're either going to do it with me or they're not. And it's very rarely because of price or because they don't think I'm professional. Like there's no, question that i'm going to deliver a high quality good like performing job like it's going to be good and they know that and they can they can kind of feel that out when i do the walkthrough and i do the quote and everything with them 
Um, so I just haven't had really anybody question me for prices and I've been able to book a lot bigger jobs consistently. That's freaking mm. sweet, honestly. Yeah, but the only downside yeah, is, is I'm not getting as much of the smaller jobs, like the tinier jobs. I'm, I'm like, you know, fences, things that aren't like super high. Um, what's the word I'm looking Difficulty? for? Yeah, like they don't require a, a supreme level of competence. Like they're, you know, the fences, like they're not, they're not sure. crazy difficult, right? So those, those little jobs and like smaller jobs, I, I'm losing it out on those. But I mean, for me personally, I would rather do the bigger jobs. Like I love big jobs. Like they're great. They're easier mm -hmm. from a logistical <laughs> standpoint. Well, it's not even about the size. Like it's just easier to manage. It's easier to set up. You spend less time like dealing with it because you just, all you have to do is get the, like it takes you the same amount of work really to set up a four thousand or a five thousand dollar job as it does to do a two thousand or a one thousand. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's the same amount of work. You're still doing the fucking estimate. You're still doing the test patches. You're still assigning painters. You're still doing the prep work or pressure washing. Like all of that still has to get done, right? But when it's five k, I can put a team there for three or four days versus putting a team there for one or two and like constantly moving, right? So, I for me, I like I'm I'm much happier with bigger jobs. 100%. Yeah. Same thing for you out there, Brady? No. <laughs> no. No, I um they get every no. job. Yeah, wide range like still book $500 jobs, 700, 800, 1100 jobs, 200 jobs, all the way up to like $18,000 jobs, so it's ranges. I'm sure it'll average out as the summer goes on too potentially. But yeah, that's a good problem to have, Daniel, for sure. <laughs> It's just different. It's very different. Like I thought it would be very much the same, but there's quite a few differences that mm -hmm. I just, I, I don't know if I was like necessarily ready for it. Like, it's just, it's weird. Like just like so. some of the things you thought would have didn't and then vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was just like, Oh, this will be the exact same. And it's really not. There's advantages and disadvantages with both sides of it. Yeah. 100%. yeah I'm really going to have to different sit down and have a conversation with you on that. And just like, really, understand where you're at with with everything because i yeah i just want to hear hear your overall experience with it before i kind of make my make my decision mm -hmm. yeah the smallest job that i've booked this year is 2000 is 1820 that's the smallest damn yeah it's a sick problem to have yeah it's like just... my average job size <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just different like there's just things that that are good and then there's things that are bad and it's just learning how to navigate it and i'm sure that over time like the hiring thing that'll get better i'll, I'll figure that out like obviously getting on indeed would fucking help a tremendous amount um and i'm still kind of really chapped about it but whatever it is what it is so we're just we just got to pivot and luckily like uh with the domain and everything that i set up i was able to get my like it just got refunded so Hot, hot tip, if you guys are setting up a domain, buy the annual plan because the annual plan has a 30-day refund policy, um, oh, yeah, which I didn't, I didn't know until I called them and asked, and then they were able to cancel it and give me back all my money, which was sweet because now I can do it again. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, round two, motherfuckers. Like, I'll, you call I'll, back a second time, yeah. and they're like, oh, I'm not going to uh, refund you this time. <laughs> yeah, so it's just just figuring out how to get it set up i think i think that's the issue that i'm having is just getting the ball rolling i feel like the the push this year is harder than it has been the last couple of years mm -hmm. 
it's definitely an interesting year. Like everyone I've talked to so far about, um, it's mostly around marketing that I've talked to people with. Uh, it seems like there's definitely been a shift of like cold calling is not quite the same as it was in previous years. Like people's mentality about how much work and like the size of the jobs isn't the same. So it's definitely, you know, the pl- the plan stays the same. We just might have to put in a bit more work to get the same things. Yep. I said that at the beginning of the year. I was like, I just feel like it, we're going to have to put a little more grind into the inputs to get the same out, which is fine because that means that our competitors have to do that as well. So where other people might give up and quit, we just have to stay tenacious and, and keep going, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's maybe a good time. Like what you said, Brady, though, what like what, that message that you wrote up there, or was it who, who, when you was Brady and Max, you were talking about that with the other guys in Calgary? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I called them both up today and we already got a chance to chat about it. Um, yeah. So basically I've like, I, I think the original message I sent was like, I've been having a lot of quotes, um, a lot of quotes and a lot of leads, like shortly after getting them or shortly after scheduling them um, mm-hmm. cancel just because they're like, oh, we realize we can't afford it or like, we're not going to do it this year or whatever. It's been pre- pretty frustrating. And um, I don't know, Brady, Zach, Daniel, Skyler, this has been present for you as well. Like in Calgary, it seems everyone <laughs> that I've talked to is in that boat. Like people are losing anywhere from like two to seven quotes a week. Just it's just dropping off. <laughs> so it It's not like me alone here. Um, But basically I was just talking about that and Brady said like, uh, you should reach out to some other people that are booked higher than you in Calgary and like see what maybe the main differences are. And so I talked to uh, to Owen and Michael, and it seems like the main thing is one average job size and two conversion rate, because um, they're both between forty five and fifty or so percent conversion rate and around $3,500 to $4,000 average job size, whereas mine's at 2700 and my conversion rate right now is at uh, like 33 34 something like that percent. Oof. So we kind of, yeah, it's definitely tough. So we talked about it and like um, I talked to Michael. He, a couple things he does differently than me right now is he, he will be like, okay, like uh, I'll give you a call like, tomorrow or like day after i can call you between this time and this time tomorrow like day after between this time and this time basically like give him an hour time frame um and he says sometimes he even like sends him a message reminding them of that as well so like his name actually pops up in their phone when he calls um and they know like which number it is so um like any leads that like i got today like i've tried setting that up with so hopefully that works a bit better and then he said he also like any leads that, you know, he feels like they're actually serious about getting getting the painting done. And it's going to be a good job um, that he actually wants to do. He will, if they don't answer after like multiple times, he'll call them, like uh, text them, like do all those things that we all do. Like he'll actually go and recold call their house specifically like a couple of weeks later. Be like, hey, just going around the neighborhood, seeing if you're still interested in like all that. So I'm um, going to try doing those things. And then like average job size, we've talked a bit about, you know, like just hitting the the better areas more trying to focus on that obviously it's going to depend area to area but i do think you can influence it a bit so yeah that's that's kind of the that's all right you feel like you've been like like i mean it's general to everyone here but like doing the things that you 
you can do just to make it easier to get a like a larger like or a, an easier conversion rate and what i mean by that is like like lawn signs are present like money letters are being sent out beforehand or flyer drops are happening and like you're calling like right like the next day when you get the lead and all those little things are adding up because I, I even find like if i have like more lawn signs in a neighborhood and people know that i'm around like you get them on the phone or like it's just you just you're, you're more of a legitimate presence in the neighborhood that way because like the whole idea going back to like like guerrilla marketing or just touch points of people like how many touch points does it take sometimes to make a sell of somebody yeah and if you're just getting like a lead at the door and knocking on the door and that's your only touch point it could potentially on average be a lot more difficult to get that person on the phone yeah absolutely yeah like that that's kind of what i was saying where um i was doing things more or less the same as i have been in previous years and like mm. it's becoming very apparent that like if you continue that like the results are not going to be the same as previous years like this year i do have to be more diligent with having more lawn signs up more uh flyers money letters all of that just to make sure that we can kind of still perform at that same level so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you gotta you gotta pivot sometimes. Like that's what I'm kind of realizing is that just like what got you here isn't necessarily gonna get you there. And sometimes you just have to realize that you might be needing to change something up or play with it a little bit to see some results because what you're doing may not be working. I do like the idea of sending a text message beforehand. I saw like a stat and it was like 70 to 90% of callers won't answer a number that they don't recognize. So by just having your name pop up on their phone, you're increasing your odds of them picking it up the first time. Now, after you leave a voicemail and know who they they know who you are, they're probably more likely to pick up in consecutive calls. But the idea is to try and get them on the phone the first time. So I do like the idea of sending a message before. And I think Skylar recommended that last week as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, that's, I think. That's sweet. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you just got to pivot a little bit sometimes. But... Yeah. No, I know, Daniel, I mean, you kind of talked about the whole thing of, uh, of trends. And like being behind on them. <laughs> and I've been so back and forth with them. Cause like one, one week I'll be like, okay, like I'm starting to pick things up. Like maybe I'm not exactly where I want to be, but like it's starting to move along. And then like this week, um, when I had like just a bunch of quotes cancel, all of a sudden I'm like, shit, like <laughs> I am not on pace. Like it is very frustrating. Um, but yeah, what was, cause you said you and Corey kind of talked about it. Uh, what was that conversation? Well, it's more, I was kind of like, I was really, I was getting down on myself. Um, I was kind of beating myself up a little bit. And like, I just got on the phone call. We, we have our weekly call and I got on the call and I was like, man, I'm really sick of picking up this phone and telling you that I'm not performing. And so he just kind of cleared my head a little bit about it. And in terms of just like, you are where you are. It's not the end of the world. And if we looked at the raw data, I'm actually ahead of where I was last year, which is awesome because I didn't notice that. But like, I just, just because you're not where you want to be in this moment does not mean that you can't get where you're trying to go. And you're going to hurt yourself if you have that mentality of like, I'm not where I should be, so I can't get there anymore because you're going to stop trying and you're going to become the wall that's in your way. And that's not okay. And that's, that's the issue that I have with like trends. Like, yes. Okay. They're helpful for us. Like understanding if we're on pace, but I don't think that they're the be all end all. And I don't think that it's good for it to be in your mind that like, Oh, because I'm not here at this moment, I can't get where I want to go. It just means you have to grind more. You have to work a little harder. Things could come through. You might get lucky. Like 
I don't know, like there's just so many variables that go into a trend. So it's like, how do you know that the information that you're getting from that is actually valuable? And mm -hmm. that's the concern. Like, that's the issue that I have with it. And until somebody had pointed that out to me, I just didn't really understand that. Um, yeah. Like that quote that I, I think it was me who said it before, where it's like, uh, skill exposes you to opportunities to get lucky. Mm -hmm. The more you do it over the course of the year, the more and more likely you are to, you know, have a big job come through or have a good week for marketing or something like that. Yeah. And it's like that uh, picture that got posted in the Facebook group chat where I think George Kipnis posted it and it's like the line and it's like expectation of like a straight curve. And that's just not the case. Like you're going to be up here some weeks and you're going to have shitty weeks. Like, you know, I had a week where it's like I booked 22 K and then it's like, you have a week where you book like five K, but like there could be more of those 22 K weeks down the road. Like you don't know, like, you just have to stay focused on the inputs and just keep doing what it is that you're doing. Cause we know that eventually like something's got to give, like if you keep pushing on the wall, it's going to fall the fuck down at some point. It may not happen immediately, but you just got to like not give up and keep going. Right. And yeah. there's something to be said for just not giving up because you don't think like if you were in the middle of the fucking ocean and you were drowning and you just stopped swimming because you're like, well, this is fucking hopeless. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I would much rather like, let's just keep swimming, you know, like, I I don't know. Like, I just I don't know how valuable it is to think that you can't get somewhere just because it just feels like it's too far away. No, and I, I love that. And I think that's that's huge for me, too. Like, I've, I've been having to think a lot differently that way, too, because I feel like the inputs have been kind of there, too. Like, I got a lot of leads cold callers are going out we're going out getting things happening but i've been having like a tough time with just like scheduling estimates and there's like small parts of me where it's like hey i've called this person like three four times I've like reached out i've done this i've done that and you get to the point where it's like hey well, these are all shitty leads like i'll just got to go get new leads or i got to do something different or whatever and like i love that because you just don't know when the, like you're going to break down that wall and like i'll just be like transparent you guys like last like for like since February 26th, I've done two quotes, one quote, I did zero quotes when I was in Mexico and then did five this week. And I've just still been like beating down that door and calling like I've called some people like upwards of like five times already. And uh, I actually now I've, I've got 11 quotes set up for next week and 20 scheduled all over now, which has been like the goal to have like at least 20 estimates kind of scheduled at all times um, throughout throughout my year. So I've been like really hard on myself that I haven't gotten to that <laughs> level yet because I wanted to be there by like February in all honesty. So it's taken till like mid-March to finally make that happen. But um, I don't, I'm just like, Hey, like I'm ignoring everything that's happened up to that point. And I'm just like proud of myself that I didn't stop calling these people and like continuing to follow up and, and trying out like, Hey, if to call in, in at nighttime, it's not, not working. Can't get a hold of them. I'm going to call them during the daytime. Or I'm going to mm -hmm. call them on a weekend this week or try to like mix up the times I'm calling people to get a hold of them. And maybe it just started to warm up and it got a lot nicer here. Maybe that like kickstarted some people. I don't know what it was, but I, I think a lot of it was just like me just refusing to stop and, and just keep continuing to go out and be consistent. And even when like, like last week I was like feeling pretty low, like after coming back from Mexico and I was like, you know what, like, fuck it. If I'm feeling that low, like, let's just like go all in. And I, so I sent out like 7,500 money letters, um, scheduled a bunch of quotes and I just feel like I'm like back on path and I'm like excited to like, just actually like go out there and make shit happen now. Yeah. I like that you said that you've been calling these people too. Cause I, I had one guy, I called him eight times and then I had Megan call him once and she got him on the phone. We scheduled the quote for next weekend, you know? So like sometimes 
these people are like they're just going to be hard to fucking get to like they're mm-hmm. you know you're trying to sell them something at the end of the day like most people don't want to have shit sold to them unless they really need it like unless their house like is falling apart they they don't want to be sold shit to so you're gonna have to fucking push through that door like you're gonna have to put the work in and sometimes that means calling somebody fucking 15 times like i've had people where i've called them a gazillion times they pick up on the ninth time and they're like oh man i've been meaning to call you back my life is just, like it's nothing yeah, you know? yeah my life has just been crazy and like you don't know maybe their life is crazy maybe they're fucking busy they, maybe they run a business and we all know how fucking busy that can be or whatever the case might be maybe their fucking dog got sick or their aunt died or whatever like shit fucking happens and sometimes you're just not like top of mind and you just have to remember mm-hmm. that. Like, somebody's not picking up the phone. It's nothing against you as an individual. Like, it's not, they're not just sitting on the other phone like, oh, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't <laughs> have given you their number if that was the case. So you just have to continue and just stay persistent and don't give up. Be tenacious and and just not quit. And give cut yourself a fucking some slack. Like, just because you're not, you know what? It's still the beginning of the year. We're three fucking months in. Like, let's be real here. We're, we're a quarter percent of the way in. Like it's not, it's not too late. hundred percent. Yeah. And even like one of my rookies, Kobe, he had a similar situation. He, he had, he called someone like four, this was like a month ago now, but he called someone like, it was like, I was like the fourth call or whatever. And they like finally answered. And then they're like, wow, like I admire your uh, tenacity. Like you're trying to get after it. Hey, like they said, that too on the phone he's like and then he like explained why because they're like yeah like i don't really care about my deck right now like yeah i said i wanted to get it done at the door to you but i don't really care about it right now it's like it's covered in snow and then he's like well it's because this like we we have to get like quotes lined up i like to have like half my summer booked up before we get there and like we can still come out and, and do it like i'll shovel your deck off and take a look at it and then he was able to like end up getting that that quote scheduled but if he would have just called two times i was like yeah screw it i'll just i'll wait till the, the snow melts it would have just been like would have been nothing really i was listening to also the project prairie today there and uh they actually i really liked what they were talking about ayla brought up um the idea of like negative visual uh visualizing, visualizing. In, in your life and i thought that was really cool the way that she went about it and like if you just look like picture yourself in the scenario you're in right now like your situation what you've done and what what is happening and like what like what could be i guess like maybe not like the worst case scenario but like like is it really that bad right now like or are you actually like just being kind of like hard on yourself and how how can you like kind of fix the way that you're looking at things and get like maybe a different light on the perspective you're in right now and I think a a lot of it too which I was like kind of relating to was I I find that uh the earlier years like or the earlier months like January February and sometimes even into March depending on when you get like your flow and your momentum back but you're you're all you remember is the high of like June, July and August, and then like enjoying it in September. That's all like we tend to remember. And we forget like what January, February, March, April look like, and even May, like we just put it to the side and forget about it. And we're like, Oh yeah, like I killed it. I did great. My business. I did this, like all my hard work paid off and I made all this money and we did great jobs. And you like, you forget like all the time you put into training people, grinding to hire people. Like even me, I, I was like thinking back to it. I was like, yeah, like my team was sick last year. We did such good projects and stuff like that. But I remember there being like a four week period where like, I remember just like grinding out, like hot interviewing, calling people, shuffling through stuff on Indeed and on Jazz HR and all my other spots where I was getting applicants through and just like nonstop. And like, I was like dead after like that, like grind those grind sessions and you forget about it. You don't, you don't ever remember it. So then when you're like back in the heat of it right now, it's like, why is this so difficult? Like I, I ran this business already. Like, 
So you almost like I, I deserve to be successful or something like that. So we forget that you have to like grind it out still. And that the only reason we did as good as we did in the past is because we, we had that grind and that hunger to go and learn it and make it happen. And then we get like this ego that kicks in sometimes I find. Yeah. It's like the way you were saying there with, uh, well, like sometimes something happens and it makes you remember something that happened like a long time ago or like a mm-hmm. book or something like that. It's like, Oh, right. Like I've had so many times where, I'll maybe hit a street we hit before or like have a similar interaction as I did before. And I'll be like, Oh, I remember like in my second year, like um, we did so good. And then I'll be like, Oh, but then there was this one week here where I fucking wanted to die. Like it was terrible. <laughs> that was so difficult, but yeah, I, I think you, it's just important to fall in love with the process and like even the weeks that suck um, in kind of That's the huge. short run. Yeah. Just like still, still being in love with the, with the struggle and like just knowing that, this is what's going to make you a better person and what's going to get you to where you want to be. And I think it's super important too, to like, uh, like add in time for just like, like reflection as well in life. Like I, I find a lot of us don't put enough time and energy into actually just like setting aside, like time aside, like if you're like even just driving or hanging out or just at home by yourself, or whatever it is, just like sit and reflect, like, and like really just relive the past and, kind of figure out why you're why you're at I don't know like even something that I, I've seen in the past I personally don't do it but I could see it being really um really big is um let's say you're like I, like Daniel I me mean, I see we've got like a little whiteboards on our on our walls like just it's a constant reminder so like having that reminder of like where you've yeah Max you got yours there so like even like something like writing out on a whiteboard or like on a, a notebook or something of like what what was it that got you to where you are and have those like things to, to remind you of what it is and you could like even look back on it just for a source of motivation or a source of just like gratitude well i have sticky notes up above like uh on my my uh hutch up here yeah and there, there's just little things that just constantly remind me like um finding something that i really love that's something you told me last year and i i put that on my wall because it was just like <laughs> i want to remember to do things that i love doing so i take care of myself and you know i have one up here that says money or effort and it just reminds me that you know, every problem you can pretty much solve in a business with money or effort, which one do you want to use? Right. And just like having these constant reminders in my field of vision, um, I've I've found at least for the last couple of years has been super, super helpful. So I would agree. That's amazing. I'm happy you got those sticky notes. So that's so cool, man. My entire thing is like full, but every month or two, I'll look at it and be like, okay, what do I feel like is really in my brain? And then I'll take that sticky note down and I'll put a new one up. Right. Um, And so it's, it's been a good system. I I do agree with that. And then, you know, with my business, I have my whole plan back there for what it's going to look like in a year and three years and five years and what I'm trying to build. (laughs) So it's just like, keeps me focused on those days when I don't really want to do shit. Yeah, that's like, a lot. it's like that quote, um, we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. It's like exactly what Brady was saying. Yeah, like, yeah, you already crazy. know so much of the shit you need to know. Like, yeah, there's still a lot to learn. But like, you have a very big platform of like base knowledge that you've accumulated <laughs> over the years of trying to become a better person. So it's like just having those reminders here and there definitely helps because they're, they're in your brain. They're just back there and you don't always need to kind of tap in until until you need to yeah that's part of the value of these conversations every once in a while one of us forgets something or we we put it to the back of our mind and it's there and we're struggling with something we forget that we know this like there's a solution that we already know one of us will bring it up and it's like oh shit that's right i can just go do this right and that's kind of what Corey did for me on my my weekly call was he just kind of was like 
hey man it's okay <laughs> i got you <laughs> and like every once in a while i feel like that's all you really need is just somebody in your court that's like hey just look at it this way and maybe let's just let's just shift the view on this let's let's probe a little bit let's make you feel a little bit better because like it's not the end of the world that's cool. I had a very similar talk with Corey actually recently, also Daniel, about uh, same things. Actually, why I redid my my whiteboard there, I realized that that's like a big reason why I did so well last year is like my different systems I've had in place to like just visualize and, and do all that. And me and Corey had like good chats about some stuff, and so kind of just grounded me a little bit, honestly, which was good. So he's good at that. Yeah, brings brings me back to earth pretty quick. Yeah, I, I get lost in my own head a lot. <laughs> same, yeah, a lot. It's a fucking labyrinth in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, couple of shout outs. Shout out to uh, Prairie Podcast, Project Prairie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, I've I've been listening to that recently, and they're very good. I yeah, the girls are doing some good work over there. Yeah, and Jacob yeah. every once in a while when he's on there, yeah. Yeah. when he pops on. <laughs> yeah. The girls, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to add something that I. Um, I was thinking of <clears throat> when you guys were talking about like Ayla's kind of like negative visualization. Um, I lately I've been really like just thinking about like, like, cause this is obviously one of the more difficult grind times of the year where a lot of us aren't hitting the sales we want. And, you know, like we're just a little bit behind and I always find myself being like, Oh fuck, you know, like, like this kind of sucks. Like this is like, this is just shitty. But like you're like you're saying, Sky, like I was I've been trying to think about how many people would just absolutely kill to be in the position that I'm in right now. Like how many people that don't have, you know, even the opportunity to to run their own business, who don't have the chance to get to network with all these people who are like minded and want to do the same things they do. So it really definitely gives you a lot better of a perspective to realize that. We're in a pretty fucking cool spot mm-hmm. that we're even able to run these businesses, whether we're, you know, hitting our goals or not, like it's still pretty damn cool that we can do what we get to do, especially being how, how young we all are. Right. Like it's, I don't know. There's so many people that would, that would kill to be where we're at. Yeah. And even further, like we're all alive. We're healthy. Like, if a car tomorrow hit you and paralyzed you from the neck down, like I'm sure you'd trade not hitting your sales goals week to week for the time being <laughs> to be able yeah. to be in good, healthy condition. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's definitely like really good and healthy every now and then to just get a bit of a, like fresh perspective. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's fairly common for all like people in the business world or like entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call it. Uh, to just be very hard on themselves. And that's kind of like what continuously pushes you to grow and like doesn't allow you to settle for just the bare minimum. But like after a certain point, it definitely starts to starts to have a reverse effect where it kind of fucks with your head and you have to remind yourself of those things and like why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, like I think, yeah, like you said, it, it's definitely good to have, you know, that like to be, you know, your biggest critic and not let you lot that oh wow not let shit like that slide but i think sometimes i find myself at least getting just so i feel like my like i have my head in the sand almost you know like i'm i'm just so caught up in in all the kind of 
you know, irrelevant shit that doesn't actually matter that I'm not like, I totally forget about the bigger picture of what I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm. I think we like overcomplicate things quite a bit too. Also hundred percent. Yeah. Keep shit simple. Like I, I thought I, I was driving. Well, today I was driving to go get a payment for a quote. And I was like, fuck, you know, like I, I didn't quite hit the sales target I wanted to this week. And I was kind of like beating myself up. And then I literally saw some, like, um, some guy on, like walking on the side of the road, looked like he was homeless and like he was, you know, just like pushing his shopping cart with everything that he has in it. I was like, fuck, like, what am I even, you know, complaining about here? Like, I'm, going to pick up a deposit check for a job that's making me $100. I Yeah, I didn't quite hit my sales target, but I put in all the inputs that I needed to to hit that. It just didn't happen this week. So, like, it is what it is. But, like, I don't know. I, I just, I want to try and be a little bit more grateful for for the position that I'm in, especially just, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I've been unnecessarily, like, taking it for granted lately. That's like the, have you guys read the book, uh, 12 Rules for Life? No. Yeah, it's a fucking slow burn, but it's a good book. <clears throat> yeah. Well, what's the one rule, Brady or Zach, you might remember it better than me. Um, how can I approach this DS and not make <laughs> things worse or something along those lines? Oh, fuck. Um, I can't remember I'll what it's I'll called. try to pull it up. No, I love that book. Jordan Pearson, his fucking writing is so dense. It's so hard to read. Like, I, I much prefer listening to him talk. <laughs> Me too. I would take listening to him talk over trying to read it. Because like, I, I remember there's the one part about, about lobsters. I think it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure <laughs> at the start of the book. And he just goes so in depth about these fucking lobsters for like, it felt like 20 pages. I was like, dude, like I get it, I've understand the premise here, but no, I was gonna. Point. What did you just ask Max again? What? What did you just ask? I just got the book. <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm out of it right now. Um, it was the quote where I was like, "How can I approach this day as to not make it worse or something like that?" um is it this one so i see like two that would correlate um is it compare yourself to who you were yesterday not to who someone else is today or is it um it could be this one as well set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world yeah those two uh, i don't remember the other ones don't make sense to correlate to that there's one i think it's like um I think it's I think it's the one that's uh pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. That's oh. just talking about like just kind of you know recognizing the little things in life and Dude, yeah, I pet is... every cat on the street without <laughs> hesitation. If a cat will let me pet it, I am petting it one hundred percent. I don't even fucking flinch. Yeah, this says Dr. Peterson uses this story to illustrate how paying attention to the small items of life, a good cup of coffee. A sunrise, the fragrance of a rose, or petting an animal can help us recenter, laugh, and regroup. 
He admires how tough and resilient we humans are, how we cope by repairing what's in disorder, improving what we are, are improving what we are already doing and making it better. All these te are testimonies to our abilities, even in the worst of times, to see the good in being. Those that lose belief in the value of being create a personal and communal hell in which their own in which they live their own lives, as well as those, as well as those of others, have no ultimate purpose. Wait, did I read that last part right? Yeah, Brady, so, but, you... Oh, sorry, oh, go ahead, Max. I was gonna say, uh, Brady, could you pull up chapter four? Start low, begin with cleaning your room. It might be in that one. Chapter four, rule four is compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. What's the clean your room one? What chapter is that? Rule six, set your house in perfect order. Might be that one. Max, what, what, what are you trying to? Book. Man, I it, okay. The problem is I have it in freaking. Uh, I have just it on explain, Audible. Explain the concept then. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the concept. just like. Um, what can you do to not make this day worse of like, um, or not make your situation worse? Um, like if you're, let's say on a diet and you know, you're not losing the weight you want to lose with, well, it's like, what can I do to not, not be worse today than I was yesterday? So it's like, you probably don't want to be eating cookies or like any fatty foods or anything mm. like that. Um, so it's like the same thing with your business. Like, you know, you're not where you want to be right now. And I'm not where I want to be right now with like sales. And uh, we're not like hitting the trends we want, but it's like, what can we do to not not fall backwards? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not be worse off today where it's like criticizing yourself and just being really down on yourself probably isn't going to make things better for you. It's only going to make things worse. Yeah. That's rule four. Chapter four. Yeah. Yeah. That, that checks out. Nice. The human brain is a fascinating piece of machinery if you use it the correct way, but it can also it can also be a fucking fantastic weapon to shit steam your life. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Skyler, have you always had that TV back there? Is that new? No, it's just I I have it on this little stand here so I can move it in and out when I want to. It's normally my living room. I just okay. I wanted it I wanted to fall asleep watching TV last night, so. Oh, speaking of speaking of that uh, max <laughs> how is that going Updated the weather has been getting pretty good and yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's been it's been interesting with uh with like the <laughs> so <laughs> failure <laughs> no 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 there's definitely like it's <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna call just talk your about phone. not making things worse, okay, Daniel? <laughs> Don't do this. To me. <laughs> no, I've um, I've definitely like reduced the amount of time I will be on my phone before bed. Like, uh, I've introduced, I've been uh, reading a new book, and I've been really enjoying it. So I'm actually like, I think I also need to choose my books better because this one I've like I've been looking forward to reading every single day. <laughs> so like. Um, it, it makes it a little bit easier to read before bed because I actually want to do it, and it's not something where it's like, oh, I should be reading because reading's good for me, and like it's mm -hmm. better than being on my phone right now. Um, that being said, there's still like still nights where I'm going to bed. I'd say it's probably like 50 60 percent of the time where I'm going to bed, and I'll throw on like a a show or something in the background. Um, that being said, like I have found, I don't know if I've just been more tired lately or what, but like 
I, I don't stay up like watching it in the background or like listening to it, uh, for as long, like I've been falling asleep a lot quicker and, um, yeah, between like your alarmy app sack that you showed me and, Mm -hmm. uh, just trying to schedule some things earlier in the day, I've definitely been kind of waking up, uh, on the time I want to and not going back to bed a lot more often. And I actually, I also, I took your guys' advice on moving my gym schedule around. Um, cause I realized I, I did a couple of like morning workouts in the last couple of weeks here. And I just, for me, I did not feel nearly as strong or nearly as like mentally present. I didn't have that like mind muscle connection when I was like still a little bit tired in the morning. And I realized like afternoon and evening workouts for me are just a lot more enjoyable. Um, so I've basically just set my goal to be awake by 8am each day. And then I just moved all my workouts to the evenings. So I've been playing around with that and I've been enjoying it a lot more. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. I'm kind of similar as far as the, far as the workouts go. I I like doing workouts in the midday because I find it kind of gives me a bit of a, a second wind after like for the, for the later half of the day. And also it's just works into my school schedule. So I don't, I'm kind of at the mercy of my fucking classes right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, the middays are, are nice. I mm. need my morning workout to get my brain going. Like I literally on days when I don't work out in the morning, I probably perform at 50% of what I can perform at. Cause yeah, the you're level... also running like a half marathon every day though. So <laughs> not quite <laughs> the, the level of focus that I get out of my workouts is substantial. And it, it, it typically ends up, I do better calls on those days. I'm more productive. I'm more focused. I just feel generally happier too. And then I always sleep really, really good. I wanted to ask you guys something. I wanted to know if you guys kind of experienced this as well. So I had a situation today and like, this example is specific to today, but I, I've experienced this just in, in life in general. So over the course oh. of today, um, oh, sorry, Max, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, no, no. sorry, Zach, I just found the quote. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it's bugging okay, me so wait, much. continue, Zach. Yeah, yeah we'll, Zach, we'll Zach, get Zach, the quote okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, so today I had a, had a decently um, full schedule, just doing various different things, like waking up, going to collect the deposit, did a quick quote. Uh, went grocery shopping, etc. So I was I was moving around constantly. I didn't I didn't really have a whole lot of time where I was able to sit down. And I got home, and I was Rochelle and I were doing some things for a few hours, and then it was around three o'clock, and um, she was about to leave in a few hours, and she wanted to just lay down for a bit. So I I was like, okay, I'll co- I'll come lay down with you. But at the time, I was I was not tired at all, and then I went to lay down. And it felt like the second my head hit the pillow and I closed my eyes, I felt groggier and shit. I felt like I, like I was like, oh my God, I there's no shot I'm going to be able to get up after this. Like I'm just, I felt immediately like crazily tired. And then we laid down for a little bit, which obviously this was a, a bad decision for me to lay down. I, I, I realize this. But after we laid down for like a half hour, I just felt fucking awful. Like I got up, I was groggy and it took me probably like 45 minutes to kind of get, get re-coherent again. So I don't know. Like I, I, I think it's maybe the fact that when I'm, when I'm busy, I'm, I'm constantly moving. Like I'm just not thinking about the opportunity to rest or be tired. And then 
when my body gets that chance to do it, it just like soaks it up, I guess. I don't know. Like, do you guys just, experience that? Yeah, definitely. It's just like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's very common. It's simply just momentum. If you're pushing a big rock at a certain point uh, of you pushing, it, it's going to keep rolling. It's going to build up momentum. It's going to be a lot easier to push because it's going to be rolling faster. But the second it comes to a dead stop to get it from zero to one kilometer an hour is going to be a lot harder than to get it from 10 to 15. I don't know. I feel like I'm pushing a rock uphill. <laughs> I feel like I'm pushing it uphill. And then as soon as I sit down, that rock fuck just goes the other way and I'm just get super tired. Don't sit down. Well, I mean, that's a lot easier said than done. But I do, I do feel just like, like kind of what the point I was trying to get across is that the days where I'm really busy and I have, you know, like that constant stuff structured, kind of what you were saying, Max, like when you structure stuff throughout the day, I find myself being a lot less tired because I don't really have the option to stop. But then on the days where I have that free time and you're just kind of sitting around relaxing, naturally you kind of become a little bit more tired. You're like, oh, I can maybe lay down for a minute. And then all of a sudden it's an hour and a half later and you're, you can barely open your eyes. So I don't know. I, I found it pretty interesting. Do you actually sleep or do you just like scroll through your phone or something? Like oh, that? dude, I fucking slept. <laughs> I slept good, <laughs> too. I was so like, honestly, as soon as my, um, my head hit the, hit the pillow and I, I closed my eyes, I was probably sleeping within two minutes. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I could probably sleep anywhere at any given moment, which is why I keep my days fairly jam packed. So that doesn't happen. Because if I don't have stuff to do, I'll just fucking go to bed. Like I could go to sleep right now if I want to do, like I could just take these headphones off and Oh yeah, same. <laughs> Game over, man. Can we get that video for the Instagram page. <laughs> oh gosh, that's fucking awesome. Also, guys, I gotta, I gotta go here. I, uh, yeah, I think you yeah. said you were gonna leave. Like, yeah, I, I just, I, 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 I pushed it a little, so we're so gonna want to. Tyler, do you have a, do you have your quote for us? Ski. No. Oh my gosh. No, I okay, do not. Ju just text something later. Okay. I will. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. See you, Skylar. <laughs> okay. All right. See you, dude. Bye, friends. Yeah. Skylar doesn't get to hear the quote, but the Jordan B. Peterson quote I was referring to. <laughs> do you want to was... save it for the end? No. No, I have no? a different Okay. Oh, shit. Um, Damn, Max. Look at you go. You may come to ask yourself, what should I do today? In a manner that means, how could I use my time to make things better instead of worse? It seems very simple, but like, I, I think that's just, it hits home when you actually start thinking about it deeper of like, there's so much, I guess, like, un, I guess, like, unknowing self-sabotage that goes on where you like do minor things because um, you don't think they're that bad, but they're really taking you backwards in terms of where you want to be going. Yeah, I guess, especially like, I think you said that earlier when you're not seeing the results, it's a particularly important to just like, even if you're not going forward, yeah, just, I guess, try not to go backward instead. Mm -hmm. Like staying in the same spot is better than going backwards. Yeah. Even though it's not preferable, but. Do you guys I ever have that. those? Well, I'm sure you do have those, but like where you find your, you just almost like impulsively relapse on a bunch of your shit habits. And then you catch yourself being like, what the fuck did I just do? 
entropy. I haven't had that happen in a long time, but um, it used to be the case. I find it's a lot easier once you've built up like a substantial amount of time. Like I've I haven't had alcohol in like almost two months since Since training. Since training, basically, yeah. And like I haven't done any like cannabis products in six months. So it's a lot easier at this stage to just not think about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's so much easier if you've already built up like a far enough distance. Like I think a lot of people have an issue with that because it's it's been like a week and then your brain's just like, oh, I want that thing again. You know what I mean? It's so much easier to fall back on it. The less time that you have, the more time that you have than your brain. Like for me, I don't even like it's kind of like when you eat a pizza and then, you know, a couple weeks later, like, man, I'm really craving pizza. It's because your like body makes like a mind body mm-hmm. connection to it. Right. And I think that's where a lot of shitty habits come from for people is you have a mind body connection to it. It made you feel a certain way and you liked it. And so now you want to you want to keep doing it, right? So I think that's I think just building up time, yeah, makes makes that easier. It's like the the goal of like the the four stages of habits, um, and to get to that unconsciously competent standpoint where like you start off you're unconsciously incompetent where you're you have a lot of bad habits, but you don't you're not even aware that they're they're negatively affecting your life to the uh to the kind of degree. The, yeah, yeah, sorry. Thanks. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. To the degree that they are, um, then the next stage is you become consciously incompetent, where you're you're still doing the habits, but now you're actually aware of them. Every time something happens, you're like, "Oh, I'm doing this. I didn't even realize I was doing this before." And then you start working on them, and you become uh, consciously competent, where you're you start uh, doing a lot of good habits, and you start moving in the right direction. But you have to be mentally aware of it. You have to be uh, really dialed in to make sure you're not slipping up. And then after a while, after, you know, a lot of momentum, after a lot of hard work, it becomes an unconsciously uh, competent habit where you're doing all the right things and you don't even have to think about it. Like um, you're going to the gym every day because why wouldn't you? That's just who you are. That's your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like reading all the time. I really enjoy reading right now. I think mm-hmm. it might be the first time in my life that I've like, like I used to read when I was really young, like, but then somewhere between, I don't know, puberty to like 24 ish, I just didn't really read anything. I didn't have to, with the exception of whatever was in school, like automotive books. I read all that shit. Cause like, obviously I need to know it, but like for pleasure wasn't really a thing, but now I fucking, I look forward to reading. Like I'm pumped to get off this podcast and read this fucking book. Like <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. That- definitely the first like you said that part where you're i guess like shifting from the consciously incompetent or wait what was it i like from the second to the third or which yeah i think like that one like where you're starting out the habits and you're trying to shift that yeah from that's definitely the most difficult part consciously oh yeah 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 yeah. unconsciously uh incompetent to consciously competent Mm mm-hmm because I, I had a I had a day earlier this week actually where I just I, I a lot of my habits just unnecessarily slipped over the one day. Like I didn't there was no particular reason. Like yeah, it was a bit of a busy day, but there was no excuse to not do like these these habits that I've been really trying to nail down. And I woke up the next day and I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Like it felt like I just 
for that day, everything just dropped and I had totally lost, like lost all that progress. Like I was, I was almost back to square one. And then obviously I, I, you know, I, I picked it back up, but it was, it was just really, it was really, really weird experience. Yeah. I think it's definitely like, it's a, I don't know if I, I think I realized this before, but it wasn't until like recently, like this year where I actually like put it together of like how, how to successfully start habits and keep them and how much of a actual impact they make on your life. Because like, I think if you have bad habits, it's really easy. I think, I think they talked about this on the weekly call a while ago, where it's like the difference between someone who's, uh, you know, like eating pizza every day and uh, not pushing themselves, not learning uh, new things every day. And between someone who is doing like all the good things within like a year time frame, you're not going to see that much of a difference, but we, within 10, 20 years, you're really going to see how much that started to affect them because it like compounded a lot. So it's like, I think this year I realized like the hardest part is just starting. And with that, mm -hmm. I really like what we've been doing with the challenges where it's like just having other people to challenge you, having systems set up to make sure you're actually tracking everything. Um, but like once you start it, the compounding of that and how much easier it gets to like actually keep them up once you're on a roll. Like you, you, you don't necessarily want to stop doing the habits because you don't want to lose the streaks. You don't want to go against the identity that you've already built for yourself. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a transition from uh, the intuitive system to the analytical system. Um, so basically like the intuitive system is the thing that feels good. Like it's the automatic, like emotional processing center of you. Versus like the analytical system is the one that's like logical and understands the reasoning behind it. And you're trying to get from intuitive to analytical. Mm -hmm. I like did, that. Did I ever read you guys about the science of risk? I don't think so. No, no. I think you said oh. to remind you of it and I don't. Okay. Think it explains that fairly well. There's actually a cool little uh, problem in here too. Do you want me to read it? I can read it. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. agreed. Uh, I have a dog ears. Here we go. Um, okay, so how are you most likely to die? Think for a moment. Given your own profile, what do you really think is most likely to kill you? The facts depend upon your age, genetics, lifestyle, location, and a thousand other factors, of course. But overall, here are the leading causes of death. Number one, heart disease. Number two, cancer. Number three, stroke. Now ask yourself whether these most likely scenarios are also the ones you worry about more than any other. Are these the risks you actively work hardest to avoid? Do you start each day with 20 minutes of meditation? Do you work out for at least 30 minutes a day? When you swim in the ocean, are you more terrified of getting sunburned than you are of getting bitten by a shark? The human brain worries about many, many things before it worries about probability. If we really were just concerned with preventing the most likely causes of death, we would worry about falling down then we would or we worry more about falling down than we would about homicide. The nightly news would feature back-to-back -back segments on tragic heart attack deaths, and we might spend more money on therapists than police, as you're twice as likely to kill yourself than to be killed by somebody else. It's as if we don't fear death itself as much as dying. We fear the how, not so much the what. Curiously, we have only recently begun to understand how we process risk. For centuries, philosophers and especially economists assumed that people were rational creatures, if not individually, but certainly overall. To measure risk, it was thought humans simply multiplied the probability of something happening by the consequences of it happening. 
It took two psychologists to point out that this is simply not true. Have you guys ever heard of Daniel Kahn- Kahneman? He has a book. I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, he's a book. I would recommend it. Um, but anyways, moving on. In the 1970s and 1980s, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky, I don't know how to say his last name, uh, mm-hmm. published a series of revolutionary papers on human decision-making. They explained that people rely on emotional shortcuts called heuristics to make choices. The more uncertainty, the more shortcuts. And the shortcuts, while very useful, lead to a slew of predictable errors. For example, in one study, they found that a majority of subjects judged a a deadly flood triggered by a California earthquake to be more likely than an equally deadly flood occurring somewhere else in North America. The notion of a California earthquake resonated more than the prospect of a flood, and so it was assigned a higher probability by the people in the study. In fact, the chances of a flood occurring for some other reason is far greater. But that kind of a -a workaday flood, the kind that kills people every year, does not trigger the same cascading series of emotional shortcuts. It is less scary for a reason, which isn't to say that it's rational. So using your intuitive mind over your analytical mind. At first, Kahneman and Tversky were labeled pessimists. At the time when most Americans were enchanted by technology, they had concluded that people were, in fact, irrational. They were attacked for exaggerating the flaws of the human brain. More than one critic pointed to the fact that man had walked on the moon. How could a species that has evolved to walk on the moon be plagued by irrationality? But their work forever altered the study of risk. In 2002, six years after Tversky's death, Kahneman was awarded the Nobel Prize in Economics for the work on this study. Today, most people who study decision-making agree that human beings are not rational. We don't go around like risk assessors doing calculations and multiplying probabilities. says uh, Paul Slavik, a psychologist who's a professor at the University of Oregon and one of the world's most respected experts on risk. Instead, people rely on two different systems, the intuitive and the analytical. The intuitive system is automatic, fast, emotional, and swayed by heavily or swayed heavily by experiences and images. So your past, present, and future, well, not future, but whatever's kind of happening to you is being processed by your intuitive system. The analytical system is the ego to the brain's id logical contemplative and pragmatic pragmatic one system can override the other depending on the situation for example this is a fun little exercise so i'm going to read the question i'm going to let you guys think about it and then i'm going to get you to answer a coffee and a donut cost a dollar ten in total the coffee costs one dollar more than the donut how much does the donut cost hold hold on no one no one answer (laughs) just yet so a coffee and a donut cost a dollar ten in total, mm-hmm. and the coffee costs a dollar more than the donut. Mm-hmm. How much does the donut cost? Yeah, I have my answer, but I feel like I came to it too quickly, so it's, I feel like it might be wrong. <laughs> what, was, what was your first answer? Ten cents. If your first answer was ten cents, Not that's your <laughs> that's your intuitive system talking. If you then caught yourself and came to the correct answer, which is five cents. That's your analytical system policing your intuition. A donut and a coffee cost a dollar and ten cents. (laughs) Okay. Am I the only one that's not getting it right now? No, okay. The donut and the coffee cost a dollar and ten cents in total. The coffee costs one dollar more than the donut. How much does the donut cost? I see. Because the the donut, if it's five cents, 
then the coffee would have to be a dollar and five cents because there it's you go a dollar more. oh shit. there you go yeah <laughs> that took me way too long to get jesus oh god that's so embarrassing that wow. is your that is your intuitive system taking over and your analytical system getting put on the back burner oh dude i could not compute that that was extremely difficult for my brain to <laughs> to grasp wait yeah, what's the last part you said daniel that which uh which system took over so, and which if your first answer was 10 cents, that's your intuitive system talking. That's your emotional side, your fast acting emotional. That's a swayed heavily by experiences. If you got the correct answer after, which is five cents, that's your analytical system doing the work and providing the information. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I'll just finish the last paragraph because it's kind of funny. Notice how deft the intuitive system is. It moved at lightning speed. And if the question were a mountain lion about to lunge at your throat, it might have saved your life or at least distracted the lion for a minute. But it is also wrong. And this is where we come to the truth-telling moment. We all make mistakes when we judge our risk. Dude, that was a... Fuck, thanks for reading that. That was awesome. Yeah, dude, when I read that, I was just like, fuck, I read that like three times. I was like, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. One thing that really stood out to me is that you're twice as likely to kill yourself than you are to be killed by someone else. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, suicide, man. It's... uh. I, I believe therapy could be useful depending on who you are. That's why, you know, I don't say rule it out, but I just say be educated and make smart decisions if you are going to use it, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's, fuck, that's really interesting. Risk, yeah. it, it is a crazy thing how actually irrational we all are. Mm-hmm. And I find that so funny that the person was saying, how could people who walked on the moon be irrational? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? How does that even correlate? <laughs> That's just how humans are, man. We are very interesting creatures. It's... Like reading that now, that's actually laughable. But at the time, people are probably like, yeah, totally. It makes sense. Yeah, 100%. They're like, dude, what the fuck? Like, we got rockets, <laughs> we walked bro. On the moon, man. <laughs> Get out of here. You know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Especially the coffee donut exercise. I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh, it's fucking 10 cents. And I was like, wait a second. What Next. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, those are the kind of questions that they'll ask you on a test and you get wrong and you're like, what the fuck? And then you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I love your... those types of exercises like that, like that one you did. And then when Max did that um, arm one with us, because oh, yeah, going into it, you know, the rest of us are so totally unprepared for it. So then you, you get that genuine reaction out of us. So yeah, that was super cool. What, what book was that again, Daniel? It's called The Unthinkable by Amanda Ripley. And I'm very much enjoying it. It's It's a good time. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've been into a lot of this like crazy fucking shit. This one's again, it's another book about like uh danger and reacting in, in death situations, life or death situations. I've been really into these uh these books lately. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, it's fascinating too. Oh, sorry, really oh. quick. One last thing. Oh, you go ahead. Um super quick. The stock market, um, depending on the weather data. So they, they did a test and they gathered stock market data from 1982 to 1997. And then they compared the stock returns from each city on each day. And they found that sunshine strongly correlated with daily stock returns. If it was sunny in the morning, stocks went up. That's it. What? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. It's very interesting stuff. But anyways, ask Brady your question. I'm done now. <laughs> um. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, I like, you know, I obviously know that you're a person that thinks a lot and you kind of observe and I like, I just, I just wanted to know how much time like a day or a week you take to just 
just think overall like like just kind of sitting you know by yourself thinking about maybe you know the direction that you want to go with things or think about life in general or like like what's next or different things like that on average one to two hours a day just sitting kind of like at your desk like or wherever it is just... well, yeah like in, in the morning so i got 5 a.m i'll have my coffee before the gym and i'll just sit for half an hour just like think about stuff or just do the odd thing and just kind of think um and then like before bed you know just lie in bed for like 30 40 minutes and just think think about stuff what what do you what, think about like what yeah, kind of like, things what you thinking about? Yeah. typically come to mind in your in your your sessions um like typically what i got planned tomorrow how i can make tomorrow the best day possible my goals for tomorrow and then how those goals are correlated into a weekly goal and how that weekly goal will correlate to a yearly goal and how a yearly goal will correlate into my life goal and all that kind of stuff. So it's like half thinking, half planning type of thing. Yeah. I wouldn't say planning though. I'd say like more so like dreaming, or like goal setting. Okay. I do that too. Okay. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, like for example, um, this, yeah, I'll just say that. Yeah. Do you find that like, like how much of it do you find kind of being like maybe from the point of your one year goal onwards to like one year from now beyond? What's the question exactly? Like how much of your time where you're thinking, do you like what percentage, like obviously very rough, like not exact, but um, do you spend thinking about like the after one year from now timeline? Half like next, you know, one to two. Okay. Half it, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, usually, usually fifty percent of it's like either the next day or for the week. Like I got my schedule right in front of me right here. So half my time I'm just thinking like, what's my plan for the week, or or like my plan for tomorrow. And then the half it's like, like just like summer goals or like next year. Like goals the bigger picture. Like ideas, yeah, ideas or pictures or like plans, hmm. all that kind of stuff. Do you ever think about your past? Not really. Do you think there's value in that? Yes and no. Mm. I think your past can be a good thing to learn from, but a bad thing to dwell mess on up your future. To dwell on, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree with that. No, that makes sense. I was just like, curious because um, I, I think about my past quite a lot. Um, but in mm-hmm. terms of learning from it. Because like I'll Correct. see something happening in my life and it's usually like it rings a, a warning bell or it sets it like it's like a red flag and I'm like we've been here before we know this and we don't do that. And then we move on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll sometimes like think about certain scenarios and like every once in a while, like that they sit with me for a bit. Like I, I try and like move on with my day, but I'm kind of stuck on it. Right. And I don't, I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. that properly, but it's like, I'm digesting it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like lingers with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This goes out to, to you daniel and to use that as well but since we're on the topic of brady brady i just want to say i really respect you man like i feel like you have a lot of a lot of very good character traits that serve you very well in life and i strive to replicate and i think even over the last year of knowing you you've grown so much and like the more i get to know you the more i realize like you're a pretty quiet guy on the surface you know it, like it seems like there's not too much uh more than like what meets the eye but like the more i talk to you the more i get to know you and like little snippets here and there i'm like damn brady's an iceberg yeah he's an iceberg for sure (laughs) 
That's good way to put it. Yeah, he is 100%. Brady's like, on the surface, you're like, oh, it's just a little chunk of ice. And then you go underneath, you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> Look at this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's kind of why I asked that question, just because I, I feel like you're a really good, <laughs> I don't know, thinker is the right word, but philosopher. Like... Yeah, Brady's well, going to yeah, be a you... philosopher one day. You just spend a lot of time like observing and and thinking and, and planning and whatnot. So I know that about I trying to uh, do more of. Yeah, about your uh, Brady's brother Kyle as well, because like every single thing, like when when I've talked to him, like something would happen, and he'd be like, "Hmm, interesting," and you could see the gears turn, and he'd be analyzing and you know, like seeing what he can take away from it. I yeah. I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys listen to the episode of the weekly call where Austin was talking about like the deep, like deep think time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you guys take some time to do that and really think like, where am I at right now? What do I want to achieve? You know, and, and, and what I'm doing right now, is that going to get me there? You know, like, like what do I need to change if it's not, did you guys just sit there and like have a piece of like pen and paper in front of you and like kind of, like go through that process no i have done that but i do it slightly different i write a lot um i prefer to type when i write uh so i'll, I'll do stuff like that because i'm very what much you, what did you I, find when you did that i believe i'm on the, the correct path now whether or not this is the path i need to stay on i have not figured that out yet but i do believe that i am walking in the right direction and I have yeah, the, well, that's I like have what the, you said last week. Yeah, like I have the, the right. You tools. always need to be constantly tweaking that trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like I have the right tools. I have the right people. I have the right skill sets. I have the right mindset. I'm walking in the right direction. Yeah. Like the, the reason I asked ask like, these questions is because I feel like the times where I sit down and really, like, I just I just try and think, and you know not have any like write things down, just have a totally clear mind, no distractions. The The beginning of it can be a little bit difficult to kind of start forming those thoughts, but it, it definitely snowballs where I find myself getting some of my best ideas during those, those sessions and really getting clarity on the direction I want to go and a lot of that. So that's, yeah, it's interesting to see that, like what yeah. you guys experience with that. Have you ever heard the theory of sitting in a bigger room will help to elevate your thinking? Like it'll give you like more no, ideas. Yeah. So apparently like if you sit in like a room with a really high ceiling, when you're doing these thinking processes, it'll actually help your brain just spew out more creativity. Hmm. Man, I just go outside. That's a pretty tall ceiling. I have, no, actually, <laughs> yeah, I have a patio. So I just go sit outside on my chair mm-hmm. and the yeah, fair enough. Look at the sky and fucking like, yeah, man, private jet, boom, flying all the way, going away, <laughs> going to somewhere warm. I don't yeah. know if it's gonna be a, a quick like hit on the topic or if this is gonna be a longer discussion. But I asked the question in the group chat uh, earlier in the week, and Daniel gave his answer. But I'm curious to see what everybody else thinks. Do you think the purpose of life should be to seek happiness? Yeah, I read that. Mm. I thought about it for a while. Let me just kind of no. rethink on that for a second. 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my answer just so the listeners can hear it. But mm-hmm. I said the purpose of life is to live, and happiness can be a byproduct of that. I agree. Yeah, I agree, with Daniel. Because I mean, like thousands of years ago, we were literally just trying to survive day to day. I don't think that purpose mm-hmm. has changed. Like you're still just trying to survive. It's just the the way that we're doing it is different. The game has changed. We are in money, and we have you know things and all this kind of stuff to keep us alive. But the game isn't changed at all. We're still just trying to survive. And I think if you're looking for an underlying purpose, you can kind of end up in this weird place where you're not satisfied with what it is that you have. So for me, I would yeah, much we'll rather see. just, I would rather just live. And if happiness is there, cool. It's a byproduct. Yeah, it's um, if you chase happiness and never find it. Mm-hmm. That famous quote. Because I don't know what what other purposes are there to life. I mean, if you're, you know, like Elon Musk, maybe your purpose to life is to have an interplanetary species, as he's always talking about. Maybe that's his purpose. But I don't know. For for me, I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I definitely like. I definitely see what you're where you're coming from, and I've thought about that a lot. Like the word happiness. It comes from the Icelandic word hap or something like that, H-A-P-P. I hope that's hap, um, which means like luck or chance. So like, it's definitely like, I can see how happiness is just a byproduct that like you have a chance of achieving, but that's not the goal. And reason I have asked that, and um, I've been reading a book, it's called The Art of Happiness. Uh, it's by uh, Howard Cutler and it's basically a bunch of uh, his interviews and his interactions with the Dalai Lama. And they talk about kind of the concept of happiness and how that plays in. And one of the things here, I'll just, I'll read out a paragraph that got me thinking about this. It's researchers have devised some interesting experiments demonstrating that happy people exhibit a certain quality of openness, a willingness to reach out and help others. They manage, for instance, for instance, to induce a happy mood into a test subject by arranging to have the person unexpectedly find money in a phone booth. Posing as a stranger, one of the experiments then walked by and accidentally dropped a load of papers. The investigators wanted to see whether the subject would stop to help the stranger. In, a di- in another scenario, the subject's spirits were lifted by listening to a comedy album, and then they were approached by someone in need, also in cahoots with the experimenter. Wanting to borrow money, the investigators discovered that the subjects who were feeling happy were more likely to help someone or to lend money uh, than than the other control group of individuals who were presented with the same opportunity to help, but whose mood had not been boosted ahead of time. While these kinds of experiments contradict the notion that the pursuit and and achievement of personal happiness somehow lead to selfishness and self-absorption, we can all conduct our own experiment in the laboratory of our own daily lives. Suppose, for instance, we're stuck in traffic. After 20 minutes, it finally begins moving again at around parade speed. We see someone in another car signaling that she wants to pull into our lane ahead of us. If we're in a good mood, we are more likely to slow down and wave them on ahead. If we're feeling miserable, our response may be simply to speed up and close the gap. Well, I've been stuck here waiting all this time. Why should they, shouldn't they? We begin then with the basic premise that the purpose of our life is to seek happiness. It is a version of happiness as a real objective, one that we can take positive steps towards achieving. And as we begin to identify the factors that lead to a happier life, 
we will learn how the search for happiness offers benefits, not only for the individual, but for the individual's family and for size for society at a large, at a large as well. So that, that traffic analogy is interesting because my brain does not operate like that at all. You get one. Really? Yeah. If I'm in traffic and there's a fucking line and everyone's got to merge over, I let one person in front of me. That's it. The next person goes behind me. And then the person behind me lets one person, and the next person behind them lets one person. And we just, that is how it functions. I mean, not give a fuck. Yeah. It's, it's completely logical. That's just the best flow for traffic. Yeah. That's like, that's for like, I do the same thing for merging. I think that's more referring to if let's say someone's just trying to switch lanes or something like that in a busy street where like you it's, I don't want to say obligation, but like you don't have that kind of societal (laughs) obligation or like that. Uh, common sense to like let them in it's like completely your choice and at your discretion whether you want to be nice or not but the guy said that they were in a traffic traffic jam stand stand still traffic yeah so yeah so like in that particular scenario you get one (laughs) one person goes that's it (laughs) fair enough when i was thinking of it i was imagining like (laughs) just someone switching lanes because i I let let people in i don't give a fuck like what are you like i i live in a society i want it to progress like if you need to get in the lane all right get in the lane i don't fucking give a shit like what my mood does not are you okay here's my question are Mm -hmm. you not just generally happy because i fucking am like I have shitty days, I'm still happy. Like I get, like I'll, I'll get in moods where I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. But it's not meaning that I'm not happy. Like I'm still very happy. Hmm. Like in general, like if you had to rate yourself, like for me, I would say like I'm happy 95 percent of the time. I just get a little moody every once in a while. That doesn't mean I'm not happy. I'm very happy. It's a great life. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I happiness kinda... too is somewhat speculative. Like. I kind of thought about my answer as you explained that more, Max. Um, I think I, I I kind of agree with what with what Daniel and, and Brady were saying. Um, like just I think the 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 main thing is is to live and um, but you, I think you want to live in a way that that you're going to naturally create happiness. So, like the way that you're living should be something that's kind of like directed towards generating happiness, I suppose. Cause if like, if your goal is just to live, but you're like, you know, you're just trying to live and you, you don't really care about like you're dragging other people down in the process and you're, you know, et cetera, et cetera, just not really putting out positive energy into, into the universe then you know, naturally it's not going to come back. So I think, yeah, living in a way that you will naturally create happiness as that byproduct is what I would say. Did I make, did that make sense? I made a lot of sense in my head. I'm not sure if I articulated that's, that's it. Basically, well. That's basically what I said. That's what you were saying? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like the goal is to live your life. And if you do it right, you're going to be happy because you'll have a better life. You'll have a better home. You'll have a wife or whatever kids or a family or whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, and then you'll be, you'll be happy. So I think the goal is don't make it your only focus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is like, I think there might be some confusion between purpose and goals. Like just because you want to achieve something in your life. I don't know if that's necessarily your purpose. Like, I think your purpose is just existence. Yeah. Well, like I really like um, Alex Ramosi's takes on this is there's no, there, there's meaning in life, but no meaning with a capital M as in like, yeah, 
um, your business, your uh, friends, family, like anything like that, it gives your life meaning, but there's no overall arching kind of meaning of life. And, um, or at least like with uh, his beliefs, you know, people have religion and stuff like that, where like that might be different. But for me, I kind of resonate with that where it's like, you know, at first that might sound, sound a little bit scary or it's like, there's literally no meaning to life. But when you come to the to terms with the fact that there's no meaning to life in the sense that, you know, you're here existing, just playing by a bunch of made up rules that were kind of just made up by society over uh, countless years. And then from there, like once you die, your money is going to go back into the economy. And, you know, at, after a certain point, you're going to be forgotten. There's no like really meaning to it. That gives life meaning because you're free to do whatever the hell you want. And there's no rules you have to play by. Hmm. Dude, that actually slaps so hard when you realize that there's no real rules. Like you kind of make the rules for your life, but mm. you don't, you don't have to fall. Like there's no, like, there's laws, I guess, but there's not really rules for how you have to live your life. Like you can live your life how you want to, because yeah. at the end of the day, like nobody, nobody's going to fucking remember like two, three mm. generations from now, you're going to be nothing. What gives, what gives life meaning is the fact that there's no meaning. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can vibe with that. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Probably going to head out soon here. Yeah. I no, that I think that's a good spot to, to stop it off. Yeah. You want to just hammer yeah. some quotes oh, out? Yeah, yeah I got fuck mine. it's 49. Jesus. Oh, jeez. Can I go first? Yeah. yeah. You sound yeah. like you're ready. Yeah, I got it right in front of me. I've been sitting on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Brady, nice, Brady's been ready to dip for quite some time. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, go ahead. We're ready. Okay. No man is more unhappy than he who never faces adversity, for he is not permitted to prove himself. That was from Seneca. Mm. It's very ironic because I found that quote today, this morning, and it's ironic how you just bring up the happiness thing now at the end of the call. I was like, for, I was like, oh, good timing. No, that was really good. I can see the boys are just hunting right now, looking for their quotes. No, Man, I have no my one. quote. I just need to. I need to see who said it because I. I think I know, but I don't want to. Miscredit ah. them. <laughs> Sometimes you'll never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Ooh. Oh, fuck. Just one more time with that with that was good. So I gotta reopen it. Um okay. I just want to read it again. Sometimes you know you'll never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Sorry, I, I saved the video and it was like the quote plays throughout the video. So that's why I stuttered because the video glitched out. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I like that one. You have yours, Max. Yeah, uh, it's by Orson Scott Card, whoever that is. Uh, <laughs> that's a new name, that's for yeah. sure. We question all of our beliefs, except the ones we truly believe. Those we never think to question. Can you do that one more time? Yeah. We question all of our beliefs, except the ones that we truly believe. Those we never think to question. I've heard that before. And it's, yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Mm -hmm. 
Mine is from good old Socrates. Let him that would try good to move Socrates. the world first move himself. Hmm. Say that one more time. Yeah, sorry, I totally talked right in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> Let him that would try to move the world first move himself. Hmm. Get off your ass. No, I'm just I like kidding. That, one. that one's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Those are some banger quotes. Yeah, I don't know. Those are those are solid. They were they were up here quotes, top tier, top shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out another quote that was actually written on my whiteboard for like a year and a half last year. <laughs> um, the man who moves the mountain begins by carrying away small stones. <laughs> I like that. And that's how the pyramids were built. <laughs> Oh, we should All talk right, now what do we think about week? pyramids oh no we'll talk we'll talk about that another time we'll, we'll, uh, we'll dive into that alright boys well as always pleasure chatting with you everyone listening thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Prime 5 podcast hope you guys enjoyed hope you took away something from it go read some books go learn some new things go work your ass off and become a better individual we'll see you next Monday peace everyone you've been listening to the prime five podcast with your hosts max skyler brady zach and dan if you're enjoying the show remember to smash that like button and share with your friends if you want to follow us or get more info head over to our instagram page at prime five pod check us out shoot us a dm thanks for tuning in until next time